With our second scripture lesson, we continue in our work in our preaching life in the book of the Acts of the Apostles today, the 14th chapter, and I will begin reading in chapter 14. Up, oh, chapter 13. change that. Chapter 13. It's chapter 13, beginning at verse 42. Acts 13 and 42. Hear the word of God. As Paul and Barnabas were going out, the people urged them to speak about these things again the next Sabbath. When the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who spoke to them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. The next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jewish leaders saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and blasphemy. They contradicted what was spoken by Paul. Then both Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken first to you. Since you reject it and judge yourselves to be unworthy of eternal life, we are now turning to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have set you to be a light for the Gentiles, so that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and praised the word of the Lord. And as many as had been destined for eternal life became believers, thus the word of the Lord spread throughout the region. But the Jewish leaders incited the devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city and stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of the region. So... Paul and Barnabas and the apostles shook the dust off their feet to protest against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. With this story of Paul and Barnabas, in the 13th chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, we are continuing to encounter stories this fall, stories of the preaching, teaching, and ministry of the leaders of the early Christian church. We are also continuing to encounter a consistent theme. Peter, Paul, Barnabas, and the apostles move about telling the story of Jesus and proclaiming the gospel. And they are met by receptive and ever-growing crowds yearning to hear more about the grace and the power of God. And again and again, the religious leaders among the Jewish people who overcome with jealousy sense the very real threat to their power and authority and are determined to silence the rabble-rousers by any means necessary. And with the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the risen Christ, the preachers, the teachers, the church, the movement that is the gospel of Jesus Christ just doesn't stop. In this morning's text, Paul and Barnabas are about to head out. Paul had just finished a tour de force sermon on salvation history in the synagogue at Antioch. And the people urged them to come back on the next Sabbath day. 
And Luke tells the reader, the next Sabbath day, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. If the whole city, when the whole city turns out, the religious leaders are not going to like it. Paul and Barnabas strongly respond to the rejection and the hostility and decide it's time for them to move on to the Gentiles. And those same religious leaders stir up powerful and important people to unleash persecuting forces, determined to toss those preachers, those teachers, those apostles out of town. And as they move on to Iconium, the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit, and they shook the dust off their feet. Shaking dust. They shook the dust off their feet in protest. You will remember Jesus used that expression in teaching the disciples. Earlier in Luke, when Jesus sent the 12 to bring the good news, Jesus tells them, Whatever, wherever they do not welcome you, as you are leaving that town, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Again in Luke, when Jesus sent out the newly appointed team of 70, he told them what to say if they are not received. The words have a bit more of an edge. Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Scholars and commentators say surprisingly little about Jesus and his use of the expression, shake the dust off your feet. The idiom may stem from the ancient practice of a Jewish person cleansing feet after traveling the unclean path of Gentile soil. Some scholars then suggest that Jesus is making a not-so-subtle dig at the keepers of the law, telling the disciples to shake the dust off the Jew on Jewish soil in response to the rejection and lack of hospitality. Many who write about the phrase focus in the area of evangelism and spreading the gospel and the openness or lack thereof to the word of God proclaimed. A few commentators work to soften the view, any sense of judgment when shaking dust in protest against or in judgment of the other. I wonder if the use of the phrase may also be more metaphorical. An expression, an image that leans into the persistence the courage, the determination ever so necessary when it comes to preaching, teaching, spreading, living the gospel. Jesus giving a nod to how this gospel life won't always be easy. Rather than Jesus doubling down on a sort of uh, an approach that says something like this, I'm done with you and you're going to hell anyway. Shaking dust. After Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to face the temptation of the devil, when the devil had finished every test, Jesus returned to Galilee and began to teach in all their synagogues. Jesus went right at it. That's Jesus shaking dust. It is Luke who tells of Jesus not being welcomed in his hometown of Nazareth. The people are filled with rage and drive him out of town and try to toss him off a cliff. Jesus passed through them and went on his way. In the next verse, Luke writes that Jesus went down to Capernaum and was teaching on the Sabbath. Jesus kept at it. That's shaking dust. When Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem in Luke, his first stop was a Samaritan village where people did not receive him. James and John wanted the judgment and the hellfire. Jesus rebuked them and went straight on to another village and kept going, shaking dust. 
along the way to the Mount of Olives. You remember the whole multitude of the disciples were praising God and shouting in a loud voice. And some of the Pharisees told Jesus to make them stop. Jesus said, I tell you, if these, these were silent, the stones would shout out. And then Jesus kept going up to Jerusalem, weeping for the city as he went. Jesus shaking dust, not in his rebuke to the Pharisees, but in his still going up, still heading up to the cross. A persistence, a bold courage, and an unyielding determination to live for the gospel and the affirmation that the reign of God is here. Shaking dust. If you've not read Dr. Martin Luther King's letter from Birmingham jail from start to finish, this afternoon or this evening, you should go to our website, click on Congregational Life, Small Groups, Read More, and you'll find the study guide for this fall's series of LinkedIn, Connecting Small Groups, Adult Ed, and Our Preaching Life, and the resources that have been collated by Heath Carter. There is an electronic copy there of King's letter to Birmingham jail. My very keen sense is that most of us have heard about it and seen a snippet, but never read it from start to finish. At one point, King writes about the power of the early church during all the persecution and suffering. In those days, the church was not merely a thermometer, Dr. King writes, a thermometer that recorded the ideas and principles of popular opinion, it was the thermostat that transformed the mores of society. Wherever the early Christians entered a town, the power structure got disturbed and immediately sought to convict them for being disturbers of the peace and outside agitators. But they went on with the conviction that they were a colony of heaven and had to obey God rather than humankind. That's Dr. King on the church in the book of Acts and shaking dust. Dr. King's letter written from a cell in August 1963 in response to a published statement of concern from a group of white religious leaders who basically said, now's not the time, has become over the decades an open letter to the Church of Jesus Christ in America. The letter itself is a profound example of shaking dust making it clear that the silence, the indifference, or opposition in regards to civil rights and racial justice will not impede the movement of the gospel and the reign of God. Even if the church does not come to the aid of justice, Dr. King writes, I have no despair about the future. I have no fear about the outcome of our struggle in Birmingham. Even if our motives are presently misunderstood, we will reach the goal of freedom in Birmingham and all over the nation because the goal of America is freedom. And if the inexpressible cruelties of slavery could not stop us, the opposition we face now will surely fail. We will win our freedom because the sacred heritage of the nation and the eternal will of God are embodied in our echoing demands. A persistence, a bold courage, an unyielding determination to live for the gospel and the affirmation that the reign of God is here, shaking dust. This is the Sunday closest 
to All Saints Sunday, to All Saints Day in the Christian year. This is the Sunday where we read the names from the table of those in our community of faith who have died in the last year. This morning, Lauren and I will read 28 names. Last year, there were 19 names. The year before that, 21. And when you listen to the names, the names of the saints, allow the words of Scripture and Timothy to echo, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the faith, I have kept the faith, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. To listen to the names is to remember that not all the saints were martyrs. Not all the saints were the ones named in history. Rather, the communion of saints, the list of those who have fought the fight, finished the race, kept the faith, most of the list, most of the communion of saints, most of those who have fought the good fight, finished the race, and kept the faith are people like us. And people like the ones we love, whose names you will hear from the table. And to fight the good fight, to finish the race, to keep the faith, you will have more than your share of shaking dust. Like a coach in encouraging the little league batter who got plunked with a pitch to run it out. Like the loving parent at the playground softly asking a fallen child with a smile, would you like to rub some dirt on it? Like the best friend who promises the one with a bruised heart that tomorrow will be a better day. Allow the voice of Jesus to echo and lift your soul and strengthen your heart and anoint your faith afresh. Shake the dust, not in judgment or protest, but in perseverance and with bold courage and determination to, to press on. Jesus, in his words and in his actions, taught the disciples and teaches you and me that now and then you have to shake the dust. Whether working a lifetime for racial justice or daring to sit in the cafeteria next to the kid everyone else has shunned, whether speaking up again and again for that, those who have no voice, those the world can never seem to see, or finding the strength to rise another day through the grief, though the grief is still so raw, whether working for years to free one more wrongly convicted person after 28 years or making the visit to that lonely neighbor part of your weekly routine, whether it is speaking over and over again for the right thing to do at work or offering to sit with a campus friend whose, parents, whose parent is having surgery hundreds of miles away, whether it is reaching down deep to take on the powers and principalities of this world or simply finding, in Dr. King's words, the strength to love. Whether it is shouting from a rooftop in gratitude to God or barely whispering because you're convinced God no longer cares. All of it, every part of it, every part of the call to live the gospel, to be a follower of Jesus, to be a disciple, to live in his name is gonna take perseverance, bold courage, and unyielding determination. And yes, every now and then, you have to shake the dust. So, people of God, fight the good fight. Finish the race. Keep the faith. And along the way, come to the table to feast and to be nurtured for the journey. Come to the table this morning. 
and shake the dust. Thanks be to God.